everyone, and welcome to A Gem of a Secret Podcast. My name is Donatella, my secrets. And my name is Coco Gem Holiday. How are you doing tonight, Coco? Actually, so um, tonight, no, just joking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm actually doing really, really good tonight because uh, we have another interview episode coming up we later do. after the break. And it's an international guest that we're interviewing this time around. I know, I'm so excited about that. I know, from Barcelona. Barcelona. It just reminds me of the Cheetah Girls. Or is that Barcelona? Two. Oh, the, the Cheetah Girls too. Cheetah oh girls my gosh. Barcelona. Amigas, cheetahs, friends for life. <laughs> oh, yes. We're idiots. That. I'm so sorry. Speaking of the Cheetah Girls, what are you wearing tonight, Coco? Um, I'll cheetah print, not because I just thought of it, oh. but because I was like really feeling my Barcelona fantasy. Mm. So um, I'm wearing the exact same outfit um, that Raven was wearing at the end of Cheetah Girls 2, which is like a hat mm-hmm. with my hair just boiling out of it, but it's all cheetah print and it's kind of a bodysuit, but um, I have one leg flared out. Nice. I um, am wearing what Shania Twain wore in the desert when she was wearing that full-on cheetah outfit from the 90s music video that she was in. I think it was that Don't You Don't Impress Me Much. You don't impress me much. With the matching cheetah luggage. Oh, well, yeah. I yeah, mean, you was, got to, right? That's what we're sitting on right now while we're recording this. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, we always, both look so good. I know, we're we? always so done up for these episodes. I know. It's ridiculous. Because we have to. Because we're drag queens and we're professional and we just want to show our listeners that we do this every time. For yeah, them. there's no video component to the episode, but we do this for you. Listeners, we love you. <laughs> we work so hard. Look at all the good we do. Oh my gosh, it's so great. Uh, and so uh, the other thing that I wanted to talk about with our um, our special guest that we have coming up later this evening is that we actually had to record this episode at a specific time to actually get the timing right because yeah. obviously they're in Barcelona. Yeah, we actually, yeah, so it's, you know, damn near midnight. But <laughs> you know what? That's what's that's the cool thing about this interview is that we have the opportunity with this podcast. Ever since we started our Instagram, we've been getting a lot of really cool reach from people. And um, yeah, this is this is neat. It's all from Instagram that uh, we met this band. The band is called Las Mari Carmen. And we will be interviewing from Las Mari Carmen uh, Contamina. And uh, we're just going to kind of get into what the world of queer anarchist music is about in Barcelona. Yeah, I'm super about that. Because as we know, we live in Portland, Oregon, as we say a thousand times. And we very much know many people who are anarchists and trying to change the world by um, burning it down and rebuilding. And there is a lot to be said about that. Some of these systems um, are broken and yeah. they're broken beyond repair that's what i'm yeah. to say they're broken beyond repair and it's time to rebuild i think i mean this summer alone like if oh, you didn't gosh, see that yeah. if you didn't see that these systems are broken just from this summer then i mean and and some people have been saying it all along because they've been anarchists anarchists for such a long time but um really if if you weren't able to see that you know we're in need of not just honestly we've been saying healing on this podcast but we are in need of some complete revamping as well oh absolutely and once so one the other thing that i want to say about that is when we look at the global pandemic too um we know that uh even with a biden presidency in the first hundred days like we are still going to be in this for a long time Mm -hmm. and i do blame the last administration for their poor handling of this global pandemic that has put us in this zone to where we just don't even know what we're going to do like that system 
does feel broken beyond repair. And I know mm-hmm. it completely scraps itself every four years. Yeah. But there was so much damage done in just four years alone. So. Yeah. I mean, even how we even how we elect, that's something that we need to take a serious look at changing too. Burn it to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Let's burn it all. Yeah. But um, <laughs> before we get too into that, I always need to ask this one question because as you remember, I forget Donna's feelings constantly. So yeah. um, Donna, how are you doing this evening? You know, Coco, I just have a lot of feelings and I'll let you know after this brief musical break, uh, here is a song from Las Mari Carmen. We're interrupting this program to bring you a special message from the women's army. Quick, 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 yeah. army.
Today, Coco, I'm feeling great because we have a really awesome guest from the band Las Mari Carmen. We have Contamina. Good morning. Good morning. Good How Good are time. you? <laughs> I love. <laughs> Ooh. Good. I, I got up. I got up really early because I'm so dedicated to drag. Yes. Yes. And well, we really I'm, do I'm, appreciate it. That's so funny. <laughs> oh, can we ask you what pr what pronoun? What are your performer pronouns? I prefer they, mm -hmm. but I also go with he if I'm looking like I am today or with the beard and everything. If I'm in drag, I also have a beard, so they is also good. If you say she or it or that monster thing or whatever, the zucchini, and I'm fine. Zucchini, oh. As, as long as you're talking to me, it's okay. I, I don't... I, the only thing I don't like is when the police say caballero, which is like um, that man riding the horse, oh, you know, yeah. as they say, for, for mister. Yeah. Or if, if, oh, my gosh. That's so if someone's just constantly saying mister, mister, I'm like, oh. okay, enough. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Okay. Well, that monster over there. Um, <laughs> I like to respect pronouns. I liked uh, zucchini. Zucchini was kind of cool. <laughs> I don't know. I just made that. I just made that up now. I just, we're just going to talk about that for the rest of the episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So let's go ahead and get into it. Yeah. Um, Give but, us a brief synopsis, kind of on like who you are, where the name Las Mari Carmen comes from, and how you all met. Well, Las Mari Carmen is a is a story. I mean, we were. We're very uh, active in the squatting scene in Barcelona, opening old houses that haven't been used for many, many years. And in Europe, especially everywhere, there's lots of houses that are completely broken. So we entered into this old house and there were pictures of, of grannies all over the walls. And we just fell in love with the folkloricness of this house. And we ended up taking the name Las Mari Carmen from this woman who tried to kick us out of the house. She also wanted to squat it. And her name was Mari Carmen. And we thought this, this woman who's like breaking down the door and shouting at us and shouting at the police and everything like, she's a punk. She doesn't know it, but she's definitely a punk. Like, okay, she tried to kick us out of her house, but she's cool. <laughs> so we took the image of this grandmother who built the house and the this woman was a the, a real pioneer from the 1800s she built the house herself she was um taking photographs of the mountains and putting them in this book and, and drawing maps of the entire mountainous areas here around around barcelona so we merged her face with this punk squatter's name and we got Madi carmen and then we ch we changed uh, Madi carmen is a, a folkloric grandma's name as well and we changed the C to a K for to represent kind of the anarchist um, way of writing things here. And Marika, which is the first part of Mari Carmen, is also similar to sissy or queer. It's oh. a word that's been re-owned by queer activists here. That's really cool. So Las Mari Carmen is just a genderqueer name for a legendary group with lots of history. <laughs> That's really cool. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, is that on your website somewhere? I feel like that's a great story. Yes, I'm reading it right now. Too. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Simplifying it because we put a lot of text on the website. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> For sure. That's awesome. Um, how would you describe your sound? 
Uh, now we're really digital, electronic beats, trap, hip hop, yeah. rap, but with um, saxophones and flutes yeah. and sometimes a clarinet or a trumpet. Yeah. So I we started out as we started out as an acoustic band, uh -huh. and we had this big uh, drum from Bulgaria, and I played the saxophone, and someone was singing. And it was it was very drum and bass acoustic, and I wanted to keep it that way. And then we kept adding instruments, we kept adding synthesizers, electric bass, uh, more saxophones. I think we were six people playing four saxophones and all these other instruments. People left the band, and then we narrowed it down to uh, a synthesizer playing the the beats with a backing track playing the drums and two saxophones. And that's where we are now. That's awesome. Since about a year. Yeah, I, I noticed from the, the documentary on your guys' channel that uh, you said something about uh, using kind of unconventional materials for your sound, too, and I thought that was really neat. Yeah, for percussion stuff, I would sample random things, or we're using samples that we find free on the internet of, of weird sounds. I love the ones that go like, oh, it's called a war horn <laughs> yeah. from, from Tibet, Tibet or Nepal or something. Well, and I, actually, I find that to be interesting, too. Like, so when I was watching the music videos and actually listening to the sound earlier stuff to now, like, I am really fascinated by the artistry and the sense of, like, the things that you all come up with. Mm -hmm. Like... Where the hell does that even come from? Like, yeah, the I creative mean, direction. I mean, I know I appreciate acid, but like, I don't know. <laughs> and that's the weird thing. None of us take drugs. <laughs> like, I've these things come out of my my dreams. Um, I I don't know the way I dress. I wasn't very good at makeup, so I thought, what can I glue to my face to make myself look crazier? And I came up with these big eyelashes, and I was like, oh, that's it. And then I just find some cloth, and I, I put it on and tie it with a rope. I'm like, yeah, that looks good. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's drag. You know, other drag queens say, if, if, some say if you're not wearing nails, you're not doing drag. So I don't want to glue nails to my fingers all the time, so I put them on the nail gloves. Yes. And yes. sometimes I'll... I'll put like big pieces of paper on if I'm the rest of my face is done in paper or yeah, just trying to be creative for real. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's I, I, I like this doll. Did you make the doll uh, version of, of yeah, Contamina? the doll is the doll is in the likeness of Contamina. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love and this it. is how I, I do my eyebrows with big paper sometimes. Yeah. And, um, I paint myself use black lips are better than pink or red or something. Mm -hmm. I, I love a black lip. And then mm -hmm. with all the chest hair and. <laughs> so actually, let's talk about the characters themselves, actually looking at your doll. Um, I wanted to know um, just along that same track there. So because obviously you could play instruments or non-conventional instruments without getting all dot up, dolled up if you chose to. So that where did that boring. come from? <laughs> yeah, it would be boring. Um, I mean, we're all queer. We all love drag. We weren't doing drag at the beginning because we didn't know much about it or how to do it. But I've always done theater. And originally I was thinking, well, let's do a band and we all dress up as, as monkeys or chickens. or, um, 
And those costumes were way too difficult. And we're like, well, let's just put on some eyeshadow and some lipstick. And like, okay, it's born. And if you see the original photos where you look like. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's an evolution and, there. <laughs> and yeah, now we still don't do full drag makeup, but a little bit of uh, eyeliner and some lipstick and some crazy hair and a big dress. And it's done. And it's beautiful actually i like well, i like how artistic it is because here's the thing about drag i mean i mean we all know the old adage you're born naked and the rest is drag like levels of drag yes. like it's still drag it, it is like yeah. it, um like yeah sure you might not like look like lady bunny or something but it's not but <laughs> lady bunny doesn't always have to do all of that to still be considered drag any it, display really you know any kind of creative yeah. display on your body is drag mm -hmm. you know yeah it's wearable art exactly that's what we think too yeah, my like, definition we of have, drag is that as well. We have one drag king, mm -hmm. and she she cuts the hairs of anywhere of her body and puts it on her on her face. I've seen kings do that before. I think it, I mean it's a, a useful technique. I think mm -hmm. <laughs> that's actually really Be smart. it beats having to get costume hair, you know, and that stuff is probably yeah yeah. Of course, and when she runs out of body hair, she cuts the hairs off her dog. Or <laughs> nice. Every every time we shave, we give her our hair too. Yeah, I saw in, in yeah in the documentary too. She said this one's from a friend. Yes, <laughs> that's actually kind of cool. That's yeah. interesting to do. <laughs> and I'm like, huh, that's kind of creative. Yeah. For so, sure. um, one question we didn't have written down, but I think it's important. You said you you all been playing together for roughly over a year, or how long? Um, Victoria and I have been playing together for six years or so oh wow making making different bands mm -hmm. um playing on the streets or with theater groups that do live music then masha or capitano barbaconio mm -hmm. captain pussybeard in english yes um joined us about a year and a half ago maybe two years wow and then we had been playing with other people for the past three or four years in the band in this format changing all the time yeah so it's kind of been a bit of a collective and you've ha had different iterations of, of it's been more of a roller coaster than a collective oh like okay <laughs> but, <laughs> i get how that like, goes yeah gosh, i've been there <laughs> like order ordering business cards and paying for a website for three years and then the person i founded the band with decided to go do something else oh yeah just before confinement but I hold no grudges, and this was very good for us, actually, because um, with the person who was the most musical, I guess, like the most exact in how we played the music, once he left, and he was the only cis man who was in the group, once he left, everyone felt free to sing and to sing badly and to try something different, and it was very empowering and freeing for us yeah. actually yeah and um, being just three it was a lot easier to meet rehearsals and to find consensus for music and since the confinement hit right at that moment we had all the time in the world to create and that's where we got we came up with the album yeah. compost your gender yeah it sounds and like you did better without that uh, oppressive cis energy and we did 11 songs i i wrote or i created like three songs in the computer in ableton we learned how to use ableton and how to do video conferences like this for us the confinement and changing of the band was perfect yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. I feel like, honestly, for a lot of artists, the confinement has been uh, beneficial because you get a lot of time to look inward and just really figure out what it is that you want to put out there on these platforms. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was for us. Yeah, for sure. Not me. I'm going to fully say that. There. <laughs> I, it hasn't. I was not creative at all. I, I think I just <laughs> caught up on not being um, an artist for a little while. And I think so. I I took it as a break. It was a sabbatical. I took a sabbatical. That's that's what happened. <laughs> so, yeah. so uh, what are some of the main key messages that you want to uh, push forward with your music, especially in your recent I, album? Yeah, I mean, we want people to compost their gender. You know, we are rural queens and kings, so we are very religious about the compost. Yeah. Uh, every everything that we don't eat goes to the chickens or to the garden. And you can do the same thing with, with, with your gender. If you don't need that gender, put in the compost, decide how long you want to wait, and then something else will come out. So, in fact, we're working, we're working on an app where you can do that. You can um, put in whatever gender you think you have now, say how many, how many years or minutes you want to wait, and then emojis will pop out. And then if you don't understand what your gender is, then you can ask us and, and we'll help you interpret your gender i think that's so cool because gender really is something to me that is like a, a journey and it's it's a process and it is something that does evolve and change over time and it's it's a very personal journey for people too so i, I think that's that's such a cool concept honestly I, I i was wondering where the name compost your gender came from <laughs> and actually it's, that description fits better than what i originally thought too because i i was thinking think? about it in the sense of like composting and giving i think it like about giving back and renewing a little bit which is to a degree exactly. that still applies it just was but i never even thought about it that way in the sense of like come back later and you'll have something new because mm -hmm. that's <laughs> that's true for me in sexual orientation my sexual orientation is a mess so <laughs> <laughs> um some days i'm just like we'll get back to that in a couple of months um so <laughs> i i do so i was like when you said for that all. i was like oh that resonates that resonates. Mm -hmm. I love that. Oh, so let's. I mean, you don't have to decide anything now. You just start composting, and then something else creates itself. And and if you're done with that, you can throw it back in and come up with something different. <laughs> yeah. So earlier in the episode, you had mentioned that. Um, so how many individuals do you currently live with? You said five. Um, there are seven in the house. Okay. Well, six six living in the house, and me living in a yurt. Victoria and I created six years ago. I've been living in yurts for maybe 15 years. Be between yurts and living on a bicycle, traveling around Asia, or living in a, a container or mm -hmm. a bus. I hate living in houses. Yeah. And I've always lived in groups. I think I've, I've only once lived alone at university and I didn't like it. And after that, I've lived and worked in the theater groups or the bands that I've been with. Oh, wow. That's so cool. That's cool. I bet like creating music in your living environment must be really interesting then, because I'm assuming not all seven people play instruments or love music in that specific kind of way. So how have you navigated that? Well, I like living in the yurt because it's apart from the house. I oh, yeah. Music here whenever <laughs> I want to. Um, but of course, I, I love living in groups because it's this uh, constant communication with the other people like I'm learning things from them uh, there's a lot of artists living here even though we're not in the same performance group 
they make books, they cut, 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 they cut the paper and, and, and sew it together. They make the books and uh, they sing or play the saxophone, they paint, they make things out of wood, like toys for kids, it's different things. So yeah, of course we have to navigate who's doing what, when. We can't uh, walk on stilts and play loud music in the front yard if someone is trying to do meditation. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a give and take. Absolutely. We find times that everybody can do what they want to do. That's really cool. Yeah. How would you describe all of y'all's creative process when you're when you're coming up with the album? Yeah, like in the moment too. Like you're like you know how how you said like everybody being part of the musical process um, and being able to hear those ideas. Like so, really bring us into that. Yeah, we definitely try to use the abilities of everybody, but also have a good sound at the end. Like when I try to make a, or when I sit down to make a song, I usually start with samples that I like and just hack them up, put them together, get a beat going and think, oh, that sounds good. Or, or use the iPad or use the telephone, some app that has some samples or get the a keyboard or some drum app and just start doing doom, jack, doom, doom, jack, or doom, da, doom, da, doom. Then start adding things, uh, symbols, things that go ooh, or uh, like play with the anything that makes a sound like uh, what is this? Glasses, yeah, some sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. Or the the mouse clicking might might be a. So get a good rhythm going. I love to add the bass line then with the saxophone. I might listen to a sample that that's a genre that I like, like trap, and then try to play it on the saxophone, put that in. Maybe the melody comes out someplace, but usually when I play this set, like the drum and the bass to Victoria, they're like, oh, and they sit down and start writing. (laughs) And then words just come out and we record a voice over it. And then I would do harmonies for the saxophones, maybe add a bit of flute then show it to Capitano and she would add another rap on top of it. I'm not exactly sure how Capitano came up with all of her songs. I think she was just up all night, a lot of nights playing with 15,000 synthesizers and layering them all on top of each other until it's this big mess. And then we're like, can you can you take some of those off? <laughs> then we added the saxophones, then maybe replace the bass line yeah. with, a, with a bass saxophone. You know, the same, kind of the same way that compost goes. You can throw it all together, take it off, add some more things. Yeah. And if, if you hear some of the songs, how we played them, like Chucherias, I think there's a recording on, on YouTube, how we did it a year ago and how we recorded it now, it's completely different. Like, if you see the live versions of the songs on there and then compare it to the ones that we did on the album, you'll, you'll hear the differences. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to definitely do that because I did like that song. I, yeah. The funny thing about music for me is I do, I like a good beat and I like um, a rhythm and a message. Uh, like, those are the things that I really enjoy in music. And like, so your music mm-hmm. kind of has all three. Um, and especially that song too. Yeah, I like the, I mean, and there's a really good variety of language. I really like during, uh, is it Russian that Capitano was speaking during? Yes, uh, she's what, from, yeah. 
Yeah, Capitano Barbacon is from Moscow. Yeah, yeah. So we, really, we encourage her to rap in her own language. It was so cool. I, I, I think Russian is one of the prettiest languages like to listen to. So I, I really enjoyed. <laughs> um, I can't remember which song it was that I was listening to before this, but it was well on 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 Joder Poder, which means fuck power. Oh yeah. Um, she raps in Pionera de Pelo, which is the the hair pioneer. She definitely tells her story of how uh, this guy was looking at her legs and saying, that's disgusting. And she was like, you're disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I liked um, I liked her story about the push-ups too. Oh, Effective Net was the one that we were. Oh, Effective Net is the one that I really enjoyed. Yeah, that yeah. was cool. Yeah, that's that's about how we live in community and polyamory mm-hmm. is important. I love that. I love that. That's awesome. Oh yeah, we didn't uh, uh, immediately um, ask you what your sexual orientation is. Obviously, you're a queer group and all that capacity, but we didn't offer that. We just automatically assumed because of those labels. But how do you self-identify? Oh yeah, we we all say queer. I mean. You can call me gay because I'm attracted to men, but more I'm attracted to non-binary creative creatures. So I don't, queer definitely fits. I think so too. It's all encompassing. I love, I love that label. So here's something that's interesting about that too. I've noticed that um, even the younger generation, some of our friends that we've talked to that are, I guess they would be considered Gen Gen Z, they find like issue with the label queer because they, they they found that at one point, you know, it was kind of seen as like an oppressive label. And a lot of people in, in our generation tend to like use it to describe themselves. So how are some ways that, you know, you navigate that with people kind of taking issue with certain, I guess, terminology? I think that's the, the magic of the whole queer movement is that we keep taking these words back. Yeah. I mean, I don't like the word faggot that much, but it's definitely a word that um i love when it says faggots against fascists because they both start with an f yeah and then it's it's like oh yeah yeah we're faggots we 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 fight fascists and uh queer means different strange unusual weird i i've always called myself weird or strange or different so queer is definitely a good word for that um of course in the 50s if you're like you're queer i I probably would have said yes i am (laughs) (laughs) and not taking much and not taking much offense at it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Gay was also, it meant happy, but then it was like, oh, you're so gay. I'm like, well, yeah, I am. I'm happy. So, yeah, right. What's wrong with that? Like, throw any word at me and I'll just make a song out of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's a good a good mindset to have for sure. I actually really appreciate the fact that you all use um, music to have, like, uh, to speak about social issues. Um, in a really bold way, I actually would say, because, you know, like there's a difference between like having a hidden message to where people are like, oh, by, by the way, that that song was like about the Holocaust. You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> and you're like, huh? like, I didn't even what level. <laughs> but your music, it just it it speaks. And I, I, I like that because I, mm-hmm. I don't have to. It's not a guessing game. It's really in your face. It's, yeah, that's right. Re- of course. I mean, our makeup is so in your face. We have to be too. Like, our the person who mixed our songs did the masters. He said, "You go, you really go hard." I'm like, "Well, that's what we want to talk about." Yes, I mean, we're not going to beat around the the bush. <laughs> it's like, yeah, right. 
do you consider yourselves to be um anarchist i know that some of your songs kind of i am yes yeah, yeah. and and capitano barbaconio is i know that victoria's sickness is definitely an anarchist but he prefers not to say that sure um, i don't know i know yeah. we all have i also i also have no problem with uh communists just a problem with the way that people like in the Soviet Union have, have usurped communism Definitely. to be state power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely a socialist, uh, libertarian. Right. All of these things apply to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, what made you, you said you've been traveling roughly doing this, like this lifestyle for roughly 15 years, you said? At least. <laughs> yeah. So how did you get into it? I was, well, I was born a traveler. My parents were both teachers on military bases for the U.S. They say overseas, like anything outside the U.S. is overseas. But <laughs> they lived in, in, in Okinawa, in Japan, in uh, like northern Japan, in Seoul, Korea, in Turkey. And then when I was born, they said, let's get out of the U.S. Um, let's go back to Germany. And so I lived my first nine years in Berlin and other little towns and then just before the wall fell we moved to japan because they wanted to see a lot of snow and i lived nine years there until i was 18 graduated and moved to ohio um what (laughs) because they they had a they had a good multimedia program where i could learn um, video production and audio music theater dance all of this journalism graphic design it was a great school ohio university but the U.S. was crazy, so I left and moved to Germany, where there was an exchange program, and I stayed there for the next about 10 years. Then I took off on a bicycle with a bunch of clowns and circus performers, and we cycled all the way to Japan, uh, passing through Russia and Ukraine, Poland, Slovakia, all these places, Mongolia, and then slowly came back and continued cycling for the next four years going through Eastern Europe, going to Palestine, Jordan, and all the while working at refugee camps and orphanages and playing music on the street, working with street kids. So I come with this this energy of like traveling all of my life. <laughs> and uh, with when I stopped doing a lot of things on the street and more settling down here in Barcelona, we made the band. And so we continued going on tour trying to play as many places as possible and, and bring our like our message of destroying the the heteropatriarchy to anywhere that we can. <laughs> yeah. I really appreciate the fact that you hit on those concepts of um, uh, heteronorm- heteronormativity and cisnormativity and things like that and like trying to really dismantle those it's and good break to those disrupt apart. that. Yeah. It is like it, it because and the, and the forced gender binary. Yeah. Like, Mm-hmm. Definitely. Oh, absolutely. And I really destroy the binary. Yeah. Destroy it completely. Like, let's get it done. Uh, like you ask, what's our message? Destroy. Destroy everything. Nini Simone said we're talking about destruction. And like, yes, uh, the society needs to change. Yeah. So let's destroy that and start over. Oh, definitely. Oh, absolutely. It's, there's just too many old systems that that keep us down. You know, that we need to True. reimagine. 
Systems. Systems, exactly. Systems. Oh, gosh. That's a great name for a drag show that's breaking the binary. <laughs> systems. The systems. Oh, yeah. that's, uh, that's stolen. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Coco's, you take... Coco's a new event manager, so she's she's going to steal that. Oh, absolutely. Great. <laughs> that's going to be good. Uh, maybe I can perform next time I go. We would absolutely love that. That would be so cool to see you. Yeah, Joe. whenever you come visit I've... family. I love Portland. The it's such a great drag scene, and I get most of my costumes or my clothing from um, the places on Hawthorne. I love going to Powell's. They, the, my my parents couldn't have picked a better place to to go live fifteen thousand kilometers away. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. After the twenty four hour flight, I enjoy being there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, the thing that I do love about Portland, which I even saw on your Instagram, is Portland obviously had those BLM protests for roughly about three and a half slash four months. And yes. living in a place that wanted to have that conversation and didn't stop after it even got national attention and then worldwide attention um, and kept pushing the narrative and pushing forward. Like, it's really cool to be in a place that really didn't stop pushing that message no matter what yeah even after like, being the feds a, came in i think even the mayor made it a safe zone from whatever trump was trying to push through I was like that's good yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it was great so i really it so yeah portland is kind of solid when it comes to that stuff it really is it really is portland yeah. specifically and get 20 yeah. miles out of there's a lot of a lot of fun punks here for sure <laughs> yeah um, and anarchists and, and yes. abolitionists and yes like david david rovix lives in your city yeah like... <laughs> everybody lives here it's a great place <laughs> so let's talk a little bit more about your album um so <laughs> what songs what's your favorite song from the album i would have to say the the main song composter gender because i created it <laughs> track. <laughs> oh the title, the title track, track is my favorite <laughs> no i not not really like i like that one because it's so experimental and we put in a lot of samples. That's one main thing that Victoria pushed to do was put samples of uh, revolutionaries to to give them voice again. Because I think especially every every new generation needs to hear these people. Like Asata Shakur is still number one most wanted criminal or something in the United States, and is in in um, in refuge in Cuba. And even when Cuba was opening up, uh, having more relations with the U.S., that was one of the, the things that the U.S. said, we want you to release Asata Shakur. I'm like, she, she was a Black Panther, but she was um, she was framed. I mean, the, and that's just what the U.S. government does is try to take one person. Like they could take any of us and go after us for letting the entire queer community just to shut us up, you know? So we put all of this in our song and and giving her voice and giving um, like we have samples from John Waters movies with I design. Saw that. Yeah. Or, the heterosexual with, life uh, is a yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that come that comes from another movie where there's um, it's like a punk revolution. We have a Tribe Eight talking or um, Kathleen Hanna from Bikini Kill. Like these are our references. These are the people who inspire us and and we want their voices to speak for us or through us. And we break it up and put auto tune on it and yeah. 
So Compost Your Gender was the first song that we did that. And we thought, let's do that some more. So in every song, we were just going through the archives and, and getting great people. I love the That's samples. Great. I think I it's, do too. I think it's, it's great that you, yeah, that you make your message come alive through those. But Lady Boy, I think, is the most fun song. It's hard to play. There's a lot of things that are not really on the beat. And it's it has a power. Yeah. That was where we where we really got into the trap genre, I think. Yeah. It's yeah. a bop. That's, I really... That was one of my favorites, actually. <laughs> yeah. I was going to bring that up. I was like, I like Ladyboy a lot. Yeah. And that was the last song we did. It was actually an afterthought. We were creating music to enter into a contest for semantics. And I was just making a beat. And Victoria started writing this, this lyrics over it. And it became our hit. And we put it in the album. We recreated something else for the contest, not to give it away. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. That's yeah. I I really 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 appreciate that one. Uh, I'll put by the way, listeners. I'll be um, obviously putting links to these songs that we're talking about on our website at a gem of a secret podcast. Yes, and to um, your website. What are some some things that you would like to plug on the podcast specifically for just to get some traffic to what you've done? Um, our website is is fabulous. It has a great uh, all the history, the legend of Lady Mari Carmen um stories about us and there's a shop with all of our fabulous merchandising it's a fantasy I and mean, we have the kit barbaconio you can make your own um beard if you're uh, a pretty person who looks kind of um attackable you can uh, use the privileges of being a cis man by making your own beard and going out as a man in public don't let any of those those cisgendered men annoy you anymore. And we have the tears of cis men. It's great, great for any evening look. And we interviewed a lot. We interviewed a lot of cis men at a festival in Germany and found out why they cry. You know, because they watched a Disney movie, or or their partner left them twenty years ago, and that was the only time they ever cried. Or. So all of these reasons are written on the bottles of cis tears, and but don't put them in your eye. That's actually it's a organic olive oil with uh, essential tea tree oil. You can use it for massages. It's very nice. We have nail gloves. There's you can get the album in three different formats. We just made cassettes, and for you listening on the radio, don't you love the sound of this? I do. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh. <laughs> you remember that? You remember that? Yes, I do. You're oh my me back to the 90s real hard with that. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we got this great boombox uh, from the thrift store, and we're just dedicatedly making cassettes, composting them. We just tape over one side, write compost on it, and we made this great cover, and that's that. Then we have the CD, of course, that we designed and we also have the entire album on a USB unicorn, which is so cute that it's a little unicorn oh, in cool. four different colors. <laughs> That's cool. That's awesome. That's really And really cool. I we made our own t shirts doing silk screening here in the house. And Dang. so you can get Ladyboy between your, your breastuses yes. or you can have late the the face of Lady Mari Carmen with compost your gender. Mm-hmm. And you can even request special things. We can make them for you. And we can ship all over the world. Cool. That's so cool. Well, you heard it here. There's a lot of really cool stuff in that merch store. So (laughs) definitely check that out. We'll make sure that we have that on the website for sure. So I did have a couple of 
final questions for you. I just, I wanted to know what is it like, what is the queer culture like where in Barcelona? Barcelona is very anarchist and queer friendly. I mean, this was from the civil war uh, not too long ago. This was the, the bastion, is that a word, of the anarchist community fighting against the fascists and the communists at that time. And there's a lot of that still left over. They're in every little barrio, every community, or like um, Pueblo, village, <laughs> whatever, there's uh, anarchist uh, meetings or, or community groups like organizing the, the areas. It's dropped off in the past years, but it's still very active. And so, of course, trans feminist community finds a very safe haven here. And uh, there's a lot of, of drag shows. There's a lot of um, different things going on, <laughs> like Great. events That's yeah. really cool. and, and talks, um, films that are shown publicly. I don't go down to Barcelona that much unless I'm performing, but it's very active. There. Yeah. That's so cool. Seriously, that's so great. Um, the other thing I was going to ask about that scene with you, obviously, because assuming sometimes you guys still play in public spaces or on the street or things like that. Have you ever gotten hate crime from playing your music? No, not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not ever. I hopefully. mean, obviously I expect it. I mean, like, I'm changing the way I express myself a lot. I've always been um, kind of normative but with nails maybe or or big glasses i mean i i think i'm normal but then looking at this you know <laughs> but i've i've never wanted to be completely flamboyant in public because i do see other people getting harassed or um, victoria and a girlfriend a trans friend um they were just walking across the street on some monday afternoon and this guy waiting to drive start talking the horn and like you faggot marika get out of the street i'm like this in my barrio what's happening um so there is there is stuff on the streets that we need to watch out for the schools are are also not nice to queer kids i mean there's a lot of catholicness <laughs> catholicism there's a lot of right wing it's it's like the us just 50 percent of the people here support we have a king, you know that? They support the king and all of the the descendants of the fascists who are still in politics. So with every like bright side of being a fa um, anarchist queer space, there's all the, the backlash. And since I'm not in the city, I, I don't deal with that on a daily basis. Yeah. Sense. I mean, that was the interesting thing too, I think about coming to Portland where it's like, we went from being in Western Colorado, which was very uh, red to coming here and it being this very nice, like queer Mecca, but being surrounded by places like Vancouver, where, you know, the Proud Boys were kind of born and there's these like different alt-right militias yeah. too that kind of surround us in Oregon as well. Absolutely. So. Or, I mean, there's these, these little castles of, of independence everywhere. Like where I went to Ohio University, Athens was, a queer mecca we had so many different queer groups i was in swarm of dykes open doors where you could go wednesdays and just talk about different questions of sexuality and then there were the preachers that came and shouted us at us at the college greens but going outside of athens was another world we were doing 
Safe Communities and Schools project doing this theater thing where kids could ask us about anything they wanted to know. And we had a hard time getting that into schools or even giving queer books to schools because the principals would say, we don't have any queer people here. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you do. But um, <laughs> can we talk with them, please? So you get these communities and then outside of the valley is the rest of the world. So do you have any final message for our listeners that you want to give out? Dance. Dance every day. I think that's the most important thing you can do. <laughs> I, I wake up and put on dance with me all night. Dance. Or like, just keep moving. Moving for your own health. That's good. But keep reinventing yourselves. Uh, listen to, to music and and express yourself through music, sing yourself. Like there's, people might say you, you sing badly and they might be right, but in your own mind, you're good. And just sing as loud as you can everywhere you can and until you feel happy about it and, and go on with what you wanna do. Yeah, absolutely. That's so cool. Well, uh, Contamina, it was really great talking with you and getting this opportunity and if you are in portland and would like to perform we would love to see you and and hang out yeah we'll find a spot for you that somewhere. would be fabulous just give us 24 we'll hours notice so your plane ride <laughs> all right everybody that brings us to the end of our episode thank you all so much for listening this has been a really wonderful experience here um we'll have all of their information on our website and point to theirs because it has the history. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and for your Spanish listeners, muchas gracias, composta tu género. And for your Arabic listeners, shukran kitir. Keep going. No, just yeah. <laughs> uh, for your point, obrigado. <laughs> Spasiba balshoi. Yes. Vielen Dank. Arigato gozaimashita. That's awesome. It is. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you. All right. Thank you for listening. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. See you someday. Bye. <laughs> this has been another episode of A Gem of a Secret Podcast. The hosts of A Gem of a Secret Podcast are Donatella My Secrets and Coco Jim Holiday. You may follow Donatella My Secrets at Donatella underscore My Secrets on Instagram. You may follow Coco Jim Holiday at Coco Jim Holiday on Instagram. Original music by Touche Douche and Party Favors. You can follow them respectively at the Touche Douche and at Party Favors Music on Instagram. For more exclusive content, visit www.ajemofasecretpodcast.com. That is a j e m of a secret podcast.com. Be sure to tune in every week on Thursday for a new episode wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any comments or questions, email us at agemofasecretpod at gmail.com. Please don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe. Until next time, goodbye.